Broadcasting worldwide from the Toad Suck Studio in beautiful central Arkansas. This is Bad Choices in Bourbon. I'm the host, Dan Decker, at D-A-N-D-E-C-K-R. And with me today is Trekkie Jim, at Trekkie Jim on Twitter. Um, and uh, we are, he, this, this is his podcast debut. So welcome to the show, Jim. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for having me. And uh, you did not tell me this was going to be a worldwide broadcast. It's uh, it's actually um, I, it's quite impressive. Uh, I haven't done the math recently, uh, but it's 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 in the twenties of of countries and forty um, some odd states plus uh, really Puerto, yeah plus Puerto Rico. So uh, there are yeah there are people pretty much on every continent that's not frozen listening to the show. <laughs> Uh, but I've yet to break out of Earth into the rest of the solar system. Uh, Anchor, uh, at Anchor FM and uh, Anchor.FM on the web, they actually track your, your, your listenership throughout the solar system. And so far, it's only Earth. But I hope to someday uh, have, you know, maybe Jeff or, or Elon listening from Mars so, or the moon. You never know, right? So, <laughs> well, how are well, you today, though? I'm doing well. Doing well. How's your How's your morning been so far? Not too bad. Can't complain. Good. 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 Are you well caffeinated? Do you caffeinate? I've had one. I've had one cuff. That's um, one cuff. That is. Uh, that's probably been the the biggest the biggest change for me recently <clears throat> is having to step down away from coffee. Um, mm. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fight. <laughs> Yeah, I I caught on Twitter that that you're having some dietary changes because of this. I mean, uh, different Mm -hmm. foods, Mm -hmm. alcohol. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did not know about the coffee. That is very sad. Yeah. Well, it's a double whammy. Uh, Supposedly, the caffeine is is anathema. uh, And then, of course, uh, coffee is highly acidic uh, itself, Mm. which doesn't help when you're trying to mitigate acid in your tummy so you know it is what it is as you mentioned before the show things start to change when you yeah gentlemen of a certain age gentle gentle folk of a certain age start to have difficulties that were there before as i as i tell folks the warranty's long expired <clears throat> and and i'm i believe i'm your senior uh, by a, maybe a little um, bit yeah i'm 46 because you're, you're 46, 46. yeah i'm so. i'm 52 i'm OG Trekkie. There you go. Yeah, you were there right around the beginning. You know, you and Trek were what? Almost born at the same time. A little bit later. Uh, as Trek as Trek was ending, I was beginning. You were beginning. That's right. And we were and landing I, on the moon. Yeah. And I grew up <clears throat> from my earliest memories with the original Star Trek on television. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I I I wish I could remember my first episode, but I can't. I just remember it was always there. Yeah, well, I definitely couldn't say with you know with any certainty that that I know what the first episode I watched was, but I do know the first episode that made a memorable impact on me, um, and so I kind of count that as the first, and that is Devil in the Dark. Oh um, yeah, yes. And it's a just a great episode. Period. Um, but it, it impressed upon my wee young mind that uh, not all sentience looks like you, right? So, uh, and that you know, it, it, for me, and kind of instilled a a, um, a respect for you know maybe a little more respect for 
what I would consider lower life forms, which, you know, maybe aren't, right? <laughs> so, but uh, what, what uh, would you say maybe was your first, what is your, your first memorable impression of Star Trek then? What do you recall? Maybe well, I loved it. Most of it I mean, uh, you know, we had, we did have a color television. I was about to ask. So I got, I got to, watch to enjoy color. all the yeah. bright colors. Yeah. And uh, I, I do remember watching The Devil in the Dark as a kid and um, scared the piss out of me. <laughs> right? It did me too. I mean, this, it, Star Trek was scary. Yeah, there were some yeah. episodes when you're a, a, a little kid, I'm talking single digits. Mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of frightening. It is. It is. Uh, it's also just fascinating. Oh, wow. Yeah, correct. Absolutely correct. <laughs> I um I had a book. Uh, you and Shatner know, and you sold said, it. Oh, he did every bit of it. Was it. The well, screaming. You know, yeah, and the and, well, and with the Gorn too. You know, that was all. That was all. The Gorn, Shatner yes, doing, yes, doing the work. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, that well, maybe we'll talk about that a little more because that he he made me afraid of slow motion monsters. <laughs> They're Speaking dangerous. Slow motion monsters. <laughs> you have a really great Godzilla statue behind you. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I I boy. do collect some some Godzilla vinyl. That's that's oh, yeah. Godzilla is one of my other loves, along with I'd say probably Doctor Who. Yeah, that, and see that tracks. We 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 align on all of that. Uh, I oh. have been a Doctor Who fan uh, since about. I mean, it's in my memory as as readily and as long as Star Trek is uh, or mm. has been. Uh, Doctor Who, it, you could. You would be hard pressed to find was it was it Trek Star Wars or Doctor Who that started all of it? Because <laughs> they all just kind of melt into the same. You know, three, four, five years old. Your memory, I have memories from those times, but hey, the timeline yeah. a little fuzzy these days. You know, <laughs> um, and I can I can remember like the impressions that were made in the places that I were, and I can put that with how old I would have been. Uh, but, but, you know, pegging it down exactly, that's impossible. Yeah. Uh, so Doctor Who and Godzilla, did have you seen, have you kept up with the recent Monsterverse? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. What do you Absolutely. think? Um, I enjoyed them. They're all good. very entertaining. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, I mean, I was, for, uh, for an American Godzilla, it was pretty good. They've gotten better, um, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, Kong, uh, Godzilla versus Kong, I thought was really well done. Um, a nice, uh, nice surprise uh, ending there. Uh, I mean, once you saw it, you saw it coming. But you know, I, I spoiler alert yeah. for anyone that hasn't seen it. <clears throat> Go watch it. We'll I, give you, I, we'll my, give you a my minute. Only real, <laughs> yeah. I my only real disappointment was uh, if you remember Godzilla in the original Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. Um, it was Godzilla that ripped off Mechagodzilla's head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or it may have been the second. It may have been Terror of Mechagodzilla. But anyways, Godzilla, at the end, when he defeats Mechagodzilla, he rips off his head. Well, in Godzilla versus Kong, it was Kong that ripped off Mechagodzilla's head. And it's like, ah. Oh. So they kind of had to I flip the I script. Would've, I would have li- yeah, I would have liked a little nod to that with to the original mind. That's fair. But this is that's a small totally thing, fair. just a small yeah. complaint. Well, I mean, you know, that's kind of the. I think that's a kind of a, a highlight there. Um, you know, that's good. That's good fan service, quote unquote, fan service when you're nitpicking those kinds of details and you still had a good time, right? 
Yeah. Uh, and um, I, I was listening back to a previous podcast uh, episode here um, just to get to know whoever was on the show, and it was mentioning the trailer leading up to uh, that that movie. And I'd already seen the movie, so you know, modern trailers tend to just ruin everything. If you watch the preview, you're gonna suss out what what's happening. So I was watching mm-hmm. preview for for Godzilla versus Kong and looking for <clears throat> looking for you know giveaways, and it was really well done. And then at the very end, um, Kong, or, uh, Godzilla is on the ground and it kind of zooms in on his eyes and if you get close enough you can see that his pupils are actually reflecting mecha godzilla in in his in his eyes but it's you know blink and you'll miss it and i was like oh that's very well done that's very well done you know if you're paying attention you know you probably want to see that and if you're not looking for it then it didn't spoil anything you know i that seems familiar of course i'll look for it again when i watch it again and i will of course um I think out of all of them, I think the second one was probably probably my favorite. Uh, King of Monsters. Uh, King, King of the Monsters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that that had I think the most fun. Just going around the world, you know, fighting kaiju wherever you find them. Good stuff. And um, uh, that's the one with Bradley Whitford in it. So that's always fun. Bradley. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he makes and uh, Ken Watanabe. That was his last. Uh, that was his last showing. Yeah. Uh, in that, and he he went out. He went out uh, like a king. So that was good. Yeah, yeah, he did. And I liked how they uh, used the name Doctor Sarazawa. Mm-hmm. Uh, a nod to the the original. And you, you you know you mentioned about trailers and seeing the whole. Uh, you feel like you've seen everything that you're going to see in the in the movie by watching the trailer. Um, I was just thinking the other day, Ghostbusters. I love Ghostbusters. It's probably mm-hmm. my my favorite non Star Trek movie. Mm-hmm. And I remember being in the theater, and the first time you saw the Ecto One, I mean, the garage doors come up, and you got the lights turn on, and the sirens going. I mean, that was a thrill, and that was a surprise. And mm-hmm. you don't seem to get surprises anymore. In the theater, you get a lot of action, but not a lot of a lot of surprises because there's so much floating out there before you actually see the movie. And it, it you know, that is one of the things that you and I can uh, relate on is that you know you had to be so kind of hardcore to seek out this kind of information, Mm -hmm. you know, through trade papers. uh, And, um, you know, if you were lucky enough to get into a newsletter loop, an actual, you know, letter of news that came in the post mail, uh, the Mm -hmm. snail mail, as the kids used to call it. Um, But uh, yeah, you know, these days um, you can spoil yourself if that's your game, you know, there are some things I care about, some things I don't, but I don't get real mad over spoilers, you know? Um, but yeah, we had to go actively seek out that information, go to the uh, convenience store on the right day and get the new Star Trek magazine when it was released, you know? Um, kids these days, man, they don't get it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, uh, I mean, I, I, at the time I was living in a town of about 203 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the closest we had contact with outside world was a TV guide 
uh, a nearby local newspaper from a nearby town, and of course television, which we didn't have cable television till right. till later on. So, right. yeah, very very limited. It, it was, it, and that's that's one thing I do enjoy about the dark times before the internet. Before the internet, the old republic was uh, <laughs> be able to go to the movie theater and be surprised. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, you know, and you go back and you look at old, old previews and just like old movies, they're differently paced. They're, they're targeted differently. Um, and it's kind of interesting, you know, it's a little bit of a time capsule peek back into pop culture the way it was. Um, and I don't really recall a lot of previews from when I was a kid, but I always, re I do remember being, I remember my sense of hype around the movies that I was excited about, some of which have held up, some of which have not. Uh, but yeah, it was, um, you know, it's, it was a lot different back then. I don't think they gave away as much. And, and these days, you know, it's, they've got to get your eyeballs as, as fast as they can. So that's part of it. Um, but yeah, so uh, growing up in, in a tiny little town like that, I can, I can kind of, uh, relate to that my 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 birth town my home my birthplace uh Moralton itself isn't it is small it's only a couple thousand people you know when i was living there it got up to like 6000 uh but it's very small now uh but close to it are lots of other small little towns and plummerville uh is one of them about the same size as what you were talking about so uh, i lived there for a little while i can you know the next town over has the newspaper and you may not have cable <laughs> tv so um, well, that's, that's, uh, so where did you grow up though? Where, where is home? <clears throat> well, I, I was, I was born in Lincoln, Nebraska, which is Nebraska's capital city. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was 11 years old, uh, we moved to Pleasantdale and that's the little town with a uh, slow over population of a little over 200. And so I primarily did my growing up, um, in a small town and did small town things. I yeah. mean, we go on. Cricken. Yep. Oh, yeah. Which is what frog, we call frog it. Frog gigging. Walk, you can go walk, gigging for yeah, frogs. Walk the crick. Yep. Take uh, shotguns and shoot anything that didn't move. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Didn't move. Because I don't yeah. think we could hit anything that did move. And, that was, <laughs> and I wouldn't have anyways. That was said. Uh, I did, took, uh, you know, the small town thing, small town America. did the hunter safety uh, courses. and uh, But never interested in hunting. Yeah, I, uh, uh, I, 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 you know, I wasn't near that culture. I never participated in the here in Arkansas. Of course, it's huge. Deer hunting is a, is a way of life for a lot. I mean, you first day of deer season and half the school was gone. You know, you could just expect most of the kids were going to be missing. Um, but uh, it was something that I never got into. But I do, I did enjoy reaping the re the, the rewards of uh, no. people I knew who, who hunted. <laughs> I did enjoy uh, uh, deer meat venison back in the day. So. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned, you know, things like hunter safety, gun safety, uh, using uh, guns in a, you know, a quasi fun but responsible way, um, entirely <laughs> different than, uh, you know, and I was, I had BB guns and pellet guns and that's, oh, yeah. that's, yeah, know, that's where yep. we worked out those differences. Uh, yeah. But the culture around that is 100% or 180 degrees different than, you know, that culture when we grew up, right? Um, good old boy gun culture is different than <laughs> what we see these days is a lot by a lot. Um, 
you know, when your grandpa carried his shotgun in the gun rack in the back of the pickup, that was one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's, it's kind of a, um, I think that's where some of my displeasure with it comes from because I feel like it's taken away like that responsible, you know, honest gun culture uh, for sustenance hunting and, you know, honest sport uh, versus what we get these days. So, but anyway, I digress. (laughs) Are you still in Nebraska? You're not, you're, yes, I am. I, I, of course, moved back to Lincoln uh, after college. So, um, and I've lived in Lincoln ever since then. So, Very cool. And it's, it's about as big of a city as I can handle. Yeah. Of course, What's the population? Omaha is bigger. Oh, 200 and some odd thousand, I okay. think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's closest, kind of close to Little Rock in size. Uh, that's that well, which is also our. Oh, county. you're in Little Rock? You're in Little uh, Rock? I'm near. Oh, I'm uh, about 20 okay. or no, 35 miles north by I 40 West. Uh, so I, that's where I drive when I drive to the, to the fruit stand for work. Um, and so it's, it's about a 30 odd minute drive and I get to listen to podcasts. It's nice. Uh, so now do you work from home? Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, so I, I know this and I don't know if this is your full-time gig or not. Uh, but you do web development. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I've I've uh, taken advantage of those services. I've yet to put the design up because I'm super lazy and I have a hard time <laughs> getting shit started. But um, but that's not the only thing. Uh, there is a great project out there that you uh, spearhead and I think are probably the the maintain the sole maintainer of, and that is uh, the L Cars. Uh, is it dot com? The L Cars dot com. The L Cars dot com. Yeah. Which, if yep. uh, listeners, readers, if you're not familiar with. Uh, is an absolutely fantastic uh, uh, representation of the Elcar's interface from Star Trek, uh, which is just, it's, you know, if you're a nerd and if you are into, <laughs> you know, fun hobby websites, go check it out and uh, make some make some fun stuff with it. Um, well, I, I was surprised at how many, how many Elcar's fans there, there are out there. I mean, I've always loved Elcar. And I've always, I think that's one of one of the things I've always enjoyed about Star Trek, whether it's classic, but especially when we got into the next generation, was the the production design. I mean, the graphics, the the consoles. Um, uh, I just I just love that. Uh, I uh, one of Rick Sternbach, Mike Michael Kuda's books. Um, oh, is it? Oh, is it Illustrated Guide to the or the next generation technical manual yep. i don't remember i have a copy but right, right across the room <laughs> <laughs> i just love that i just love the whole and i think that's that may have been what uh i wouldn't say got me interested in design but it it definitely fit fed my interest in in just just general design um now when i was at college age they didn't have computer graphics. I mean, I took classes like there's commercial design, two-dimensional design, and two-dimensional design was basically drawing. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I enjoyed that, but I don't really think I found my spark of joy until, uh, till, till the internets came around when we mm-hmm. had when you know computer graphic design to 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 web design 
so yeah, I just it's, like you said, one of the things I enjoy about Star Trek are, are the prop designs and the graphic designs and everything from signage to phasers to hyposprays. Yep. Well, yeah, that's, that's always been the thing with Trek too, like uh, pushing, using the the best of what's available for prop design from the era that it's being produced in to give it a future look. Um, something, I, an interesting thing that I learned uh, about the original series is if you if you look, they're using, you know, what we consider conventional spray bottles. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and looking back, you know, it's anachronistic. Like, why is that future? Well. At that time in the 60s, those weren't widely available. So that was future tech to the people at home. Yep. You know, the, the folks at home are looking at that going, wow, that's very convenient. How cool is that? Um, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't something you used day to day in the house uh, as it is, you know, you, I've got five of them under the sink, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but to, to, the, to, to, to take a step back to the technical manual um, and how just... You know, and you probably agree here. I just devoured that thing on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, they're probably, uh, and I was, you know, I was 12 when the Next Gen debuted. I would have been um, about 16 at the original printing of that book in 91. And um, uh, I I had, and might maybe still do, but had uh, a first-run printing uh, and I recently replaced that from, from Amazon and I think it's a 30-odd <laughs> run um but but still man then it just you know what i appreciated about it not only l cars which i think has stood the test of time still being used in a holographic um you know you know transparent interface in in picard even um and so and still shows up in uh, lower decks uh but um you know just the fact that they put some thought into the functionality of their you know pretend designs like go back and you look at the schematic to the warp core uh and you know there is actual thought into you know how it might work in a theoretical sense and what these parts may do and you know you can you can trek no babble your way into figuring <laughs> it out right um so uh well with star trek um well, and I, you know, shout out, shout out to Mike Okuda. Uh, who oh, yeah, just had an incredible influence on. I, I imagine you as a designer, uh, but me as an appreciation, as an aficionado <laughs> of design, right? Um, so, but uh, take a step back to that. Is that what you went to college for? I went to college. <laughs> oh, this is boring stuff, Dan. Oh, whatever. This no, is so fine. boring. Tell me about it. Uh, okay. Real quick, actually, I went to college for uh, pre-seminary. Okay. Um, so, but things didn't end up going that way. So, as often they do, I think. Um, yeah. What we intend and where we end up, you can find how you got there, but you may not know. You may not know, um, you know, why you ended up there, but you can, I can trace the path from uh, theater major in, in college to where I am today. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's almost a straight line. Well, this is this is a little bit of theater for you. Bring it on. Podcasting. Yeah, it's it's a performance. Oh, it is a little to a degree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do. I do uh, well, and the other major was mass communication, so it just slots right in. 
you know? there you go um so i guess i eventually ended up where i was supposed to be um well <laughs> how did you get into then how did you get into design as it is now well i i went into banking i was a uh, i worked in electronic banking i was in uh lower management there and of course we had computers yeah. and we had uh, we had got windows 98 oh yeah the future and i worked in excel i worked in spreadsheets by the way i think spreadsheets are sexy yeah i have a i have a, an affinity <laughs> for spreadsheets you can you, i like to i like to play with numbers and see data change uh so but i noticed in there a little tool called drawing mm -hmm. and where you can start uh, where you make shapes and fill them in so a very kind of uh, low functioning, but, but enjoyable, um, I graphic design using drawing tools in Excel. And in fact, I still use it today, uh, for like just doing quick layouts right. and trying to test how things look without actually writing code. Wow. Because it's, it's quick and efficient. That's it's quick. Yeah. You know how I, it works. Yeah. Yeah. Then and I like it. I said, a lot of, I, I think, um, Creative people, uh, no matter what your medium is, uh, it's about knowing how to use what you got, mm -hmm. taking the, the tools and whatever and, 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 and making them work. Well, for myself, uh, fact, you know, I still reach for paper and pencil sometimes, you know, and sketch it out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I do, too. Um, but I think when I first started doing it, like I said, I love L cars. And when I first started doing L cars, my first website was actually made from graphics that I made in Excel. You, so, you, do you do L cars in Excel? I no, I I but my the some of the first websites that I that I cut my HTML teeth on, uh, I uh, lifted um, elements from the uh, Star Trek Omnipedia CD-ROM. Uh, oh. out of the, and I, I went into the macromedia folders and, and dug out the assets and oh. used those as my buttons. And yeah. And then, I, I, you know, and I'd take those and I'd drop them into Photoshop, uh, uh, because I had, I had access to Photoshop 3.0 y'all, which supported color mm. for the first time. Ooh. I know big time. And, uh, and so I, I did tweak a few of them and I, I hunted down like the font to you, like it's impact condensed or something like that, that you can substitute. And, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, no, that was, it's, uh, I figured we would probably land at that place that some of our first websites, um, <laughs> uh, you know, and I think mine may have been on, of all places, uh, free HTML or free web space that you got with AOL. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I know, right. I know. Throw yeah. Way back. So, but there you go. Um, I tell folks, I, am. Um, I remember when tables were new years old in HTML. So, uh, but yeah, you, uh, you, you, so is L cars like what got you kind of interested in design as a, as a concept? Well, uh, yeah, I, maybe I, like I said, when I, when I found these, uh, computer drawing, um, in Excel and, you know, I could make shapes. I, I even drew pictures. I drew a little Halloween scene around Halloween. I would stay late after work just to, mess around on the computer and I, you know and i knew at that time that at some point in my future i wanted to do something creative something to do with with design or art um 
and yeah, when I was making L car, see the L cars that I've created today doesn't use any graphics at all. Oh, I know it's fantastic. Yeah, and it just uses um, styling. It just it's all generated by code by CSS. And um, but of course before you know uh, before there was uh, HTML5 and CSS2 and so forth. I had uh, to I made graphics and laid out my L cards that way. And, uh, it's just, and I actually, I've, I think I've been working on some version of L cards since probably 2011. As far as, as far as on the web, as far as website. Oh, kitty. Yeah. This is Captain Queso. <laughs> he's, uh, he's Queso? His, yeah, he's missing his I voice like today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause he looks like <laughs> toasted queso. Uh, yeah, he's missing his boys. They went back to school today, so he's kind of confused as to where everybody is. <laughs> first, first day here as well. Mm, oh, wow. So you have kids? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, well, I couldn't but, afford to be a starving artist if I had oh, kids. Oh, that's fair. That is fair. Because uh, you're no starving kids, one no way kids. or the other. Yeah, and the no kids allows you to be a little bit more selfish. It does. It does. You know, fortunately uh, for myself, I trained my kids to want the things that I want to, so it's worked out for me. You know, my 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 oldest has a, a vast collection of Lego and Transformers, so I'm happy. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, excuse to buy Lego. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you don't really need one, but it's good to have cover. Oh, well, you know, when you when you have to sometimes explain purchases to uh, a spouse or partner, um, in my situation, it would have been a little more helpful to have children. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because that's whenever there's a Lego purchase, you get accused of it anyway. Uh, why are you being yeah. a kid? You know, uh, I think uh, I think Trish has just learned that that's who I am as a person. <laughs> when when well, toy I'm starships show up you know it's fine when when toy starships show up she just quit asking questions <laughs> i'm a fraud dan i'm a fraud how's that you you look uh, like an adult but you're not i exactly and i gotta tell you this this 52 year old thing uh i tell it it's almost like i feel like someone i feel like someone who's gotten a job that they're not qualified for and they have no business being there and they're just trying to keep up the the pretense. Yep. And that's how that's how I feel like even I've met someone uh around my age just the other morning after we went out for breakfast and he noticed my I was wearing a Star Trek shirt and he noticed it and he made a comment about it. We were talking. And I could tell he was around my age, but I felt like I had to be careful, like like I would, uh, he would find, I would expose myself somehow, that I mm -hmm. had no business being 52. I, I don't belong here. I've How did I make it this far? Yeah. 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 I just, I got no business being in the same league as you, sir. I um I can empathize with that because I, I told Trish just the other day that I still think in terms of what do I want to be when I grow up and I'm 46 yeah. years old. <laughs> You know, I pretty well figure this may be, this is, you know, this is the last dance, uh, what I'm doing now, uh, for the most part. And, and, but I still, and I think that, you know, um, that maintains a, a, a level of youthfulness in your psychology, which is just as important as taking, you know, good health good care of your, your physical health. Uh, you know, keeping yourself young 
in your thought process, I think does in, uh, impact actually staying young on the outside. <laughs> All the salt notwithstanding, yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, talk about fraud all this facial hair that's fraud you know i don't feel that i don't feel that gray <laughs> i'm still that 10 year old inside oh, yeah. that oh, yeah. went and saw star trek the motion picture for the first oh, time oh yes what you a know I, film. oh yes it is it's all it, it'll always have a special place in my heart i can only it's, imagine it's, and it was it was huge. I mean, because you understand, all all we had before that was the original series. Yeah, yeah. the '60s television show, the yeah. '60s props, were which were beautiful, by the way. For what they were. Yes, and um, and then to go into theater, and my God, that Enterprise! Yeah, I think, uh, buddy, uh, uh, Fatless Babe, uh, Heather. Yeah. She, I think she, I recently saw a tweet that she had done about um, the motion picture. I don't know if she was watching something about, she's going to watch the motion picture. I, I hope they give the Enterprise a, some good screen time or something. I don't know. I think she was being a little sarcastic. Oh, right. Have that yeah. that uh, whole scene. At, six minutes uh, and 35 seconds. I which, find oh, it. it's, be- it's beautiful. But it was, yeah. I loved it. Yeah. And the music uh, oh. that went with it. The music. It's beautiful. Oh, it was very, and very impression. What, one of the yeah. part of that scene, you know, that sells it is um, uh, Billy Shatz, uh, his face. Is <laughs> acting, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and, and to know that that in the studio, he's looking at a blue or green screen, mm-hmm. uh, most likely blue screen in those days. Uh, but but he's emoting in a way that, you know, he's I mean, we don't see that in Kirk a lot. Uh, but you know, he is moved, uh, to see his, his girl, uh, looking better than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, we all are too. I really, uh, I do get a bit emotional and, um, no, no taken away from the original uh, design of the sixties enterprise and Matt Jeffrey's amazing work and what had, what it inspired and, and everything. But the refit constitution is just, oh uh, yeah. Always, always will be my favorite. I mean, those oh, lines, see, the, the lines we're brothers. are we're brothers, perfect, <laughs> you know. And it has influenced every design going forward from it, mm-hmm. um, and and to to great effect. So, and and also why while its little why its little sister also endears itself the Miranda class. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Know, just a scrappy little you know little tomboy fighter. <laughs> well, and 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 another another thing that that back then. The only starship that we ever saw was the Connie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the Constitution, uh, the original series, and the refit. Yep. And all of a sudden, there's this different-looking starship. What? Familiar, I mean, but we different. Had no, right? We had no. I mean, there was no, or I didn't pick up on, nor any of my friends at the time, that Starfleet had different designs of right. ships. So this right. was kind of a, and we're like, oh, what is it? Is that a scout? Well, it's got to be a scout ship because it's not as majestic right as our enterprise it's not and during the original series i think they mentioned there was what uh kirk said there's like 12 like it in the fleet mm-hmm. so i thought the fleet was limited to 12 starships and then some maybe support craft right right you well, know like and, the uh, j class. you know the original series we didn't see anything but the constitutions because they right hit bash those models <laughs> <laughs> um and and being you know being 
somewhat uh, fair. The Miranda is basically a kit bash of the refit constitution, but it was probably, you know, not a kit bash, but it's, right. it's obviously um, intended to, to mirror that design. Um, and some nerds have done the, the math and uh, the Miranda may have more internal volume than the constitution uh, based on how it's put together. Uh, yeah, well, it's a I pretty chunky block and back. Yeah, yeah, that, exactly. The back back section's pretty chunky. And uh, well, and you know, the versatility that comes with that roll bar adaptation, pretty great. Yeah, pretty great stuff. Um, and you know, I always felt like um, the Reliant was just as much a victim as anyone else in in the Wrath of Khan. Uh, so I never held any <laughs> ill will towards no, towards no. that as a as a you know a, a mutinied ship, as it were. She's a hostage blameless forced, blameless. forced to do what she did yeah. at, at gunpoint yeah. at literally at gunpoint yeah <laughs> oh that's something that's something but yeah i um you know and then i'm sure you uh i'm sure you agree that the um you know content warning we're going to discuss one of the one of the worst cinematic deaths in in movie history uh when the enterprise is sacrificed in star trek oh 3, it's still yeah gets me every time my I don't think my jaw dropped any. The, I think that's the farthest my jaw ever dropped sitting in theater when when they destroyed. Oh, I was Christ. a wreck. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. audibly, you know, it was the death okay. of a character. Oh, absolutely, death of One a of, character, the greatest, the greatest mm-hmm. character. Um, you know, but I did, I did walk it out one day, and you think about it, um, Spock sacrificed himself to save the ship and its crew. And the ship sacrificed herself to save Spock. Yeah, you know, uh, and so that that gives me some that gives me some solace. But ooh, I still I can't watch it. <laughs> yeah, it the me death had time. meaning. Uh, and it, but it's in the effects though. The the effects are so well done. Uh, oh yeah, I just uh, you know, I mean, it, it is beautiful in its destruction, but it's still painful. The way the way the saucer section just kind of crackled and mm-hmm. and decayed in the in the little explosions and for that time for the 80s that was incredible well and you know that was all industrial light and magic and practical yeah uh, practical effects and practical um, effects yeah it's gonna be i'm I'm excited you know we just got the news of the 4k up master for um the motion picture and i cannot wait oh i know i tell you that's why i'm on that's why i'm doing this show because yeah. I'm going to take what you pay me and get me a 4K TV. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That. You should. You should. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, See, so you, you know, being visually impaired, uh, uh, I can I can use uh, I can use that. I can play that card for accessibility reasons. Uh, and, and that's why I have, a, I, have, I have, you know, a nice large 4K TV because I was like, <laughs> but, but, but sweetie, you have to understand. It's hard for me to see from the couch. Oh, I know, it's terrible. It's terrible. She, it well, works. Again, I'm starting to get a little bit of a cataracts. See, it's going to happen. And I do have a floater. Yeah. I do have a floater. It's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, uh, so um, my right eye is, is prosthetic and my left eye has a floating cataract. So there it is. Yeah. Aren't those fun? <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. And then yeah. um, I have to wear, well, I don't have to, but I figured out that if I wear a contact lens at, at half power and these glasses at half power, then I can actually see either to work or to drive. Uh, and then if I'm not wearing the contact, I can wear the glasses to work. So, and then oh, if okay. you, you see these 
weird little dots right there. Those are magnets, and I can snap on. Oh yeah, put your uh, yeah. I remember oh, giving yeah. you a hard time about. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, they're Ray Bans though. <laughs> and I come to find out that they are also um, very similar to the style that that Tyler Holcomb wears in uh, Superman and Lois as Clark Kent. They look a lot like his Oh, really? Glasses. Oh, yeah. So oh. I didn't do that and on that purpose. Had, yeah, they had yeah. no influence on your purchase no. decision at no, all. No, not no. at all. No, probably subconsciously, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm subject to capitalist uh, uh, subversive marketing, you know. <laughs> Big Ray-Ban got me. They got me. Good show as well. I think that's come oh, along pretty it? well. I am. It? I am. Yes. Good. Good. I'm glad to hear that because uh, this week, as we record, uh, one thing interesting to note: um, I may this may be the second show in a row that was recorded uh, near contemporaneously with the time it's going to be released. So this will be coming out Thursday after it's recorded on this Monday, and tomorrow is the um, on Tuesday is the season finale first season of superman and lewis on the cw uh so okay I'm looking forward so to we're that. at the season finale okay mm-hmm. yeah we're at the season finale uh and um currently on hiatus is the other podcast i do with josh paddock uh is uh josh dan and superman uh josh is taking a little bit of a break right now so when he gets back to it we'll be right back on top of that show uh but yeah superman man who so <laughs> you were um you were at a prime age when the 1978 movie came out then you were just yeah that was i mean it was the the late 70s was a huge time to be a single digits years old i mean it was i had i was 10 years old with the motion picture i was see what year did the star uh, wars was 77 superman was 78 and the motion picture was 79 80 Yeah. So all those, all those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was too young to see uh, Jaws. Uh, but Close Encounters is in there somewhere too. I don't know if that was yeah. in your in your wheelhouse. Yeah. I you would have been too young because Jaws would have been R rated. Yeah. Yeah. I had to listen to a friend across the street tell us the whole movie sitting out on their their sidewalk. And I, yeah. I, That's another narrated. thing, uh, children, as you're listening. Um, <laughs> the uh, the grapevine, as we called it, uh, some somehow. Uh, sometimes, um, depending on your socioeconomic status or, or what mom would let you do, uh, maybe the only way you saw the big blockbuster movie that summer was because your good friend across the street saw it. <laughs> and, yeah, the first time, first time I saw Jaws was on HBO. Yeah, I was yeah. still I was still too young, mm-hmm. but I did eventually get to see it. Yeah, and it's uh, uh, oh HBO that uh, yeah. Uh, HBO and, and, and as we called it, Skinamax. Because uh, if you stayed up late enough, <laughs> yeah. if you stayed up late enough, you could get in serious trouble with your parents. Yep. <laughs> Cinemax after dark. You had to do a lot. I mean, to uh, to learn about the birds and the bees, you had to do a lot of work. A lot of personal research. Yeah, a lot of personal yep. research. Um, you had a brother, our, an older brother with a mattress. So you could probably, you know, <laughs> I uh, had, uh, as someone pointed out to me one time, it's the, uh, uh, you gotta have the old, you gotta have the uncle that'll teach you what the word fuck means. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Why? yeah, I, I've got that uncle. I do have that uncle. Oh, God. <laughs> well, my older brother, I, I, yeah, my first exposure to, uh 
the always called the birds and the bees that's yeah. what we'll call it uh, it was a was a dirty was a dirty magazine and <laughs> yeah oh and so listen there are a couple things you 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 slide into to early gen x and so there's a couple things um that are that are traits of our generation where um you know, of course, we were latchkey kids. We had a lot of unsupervised time. Um, <laughs> we were we were left to our own devices for ill or will uh, either way. And then, um, but we spent a lot of time in the woods. You know, yeah. And if you know, yeah. you know. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and by the woods, that can mean anything. Uh, mostly out doing what ought not probably be done. Yep. Um, usually in a place where you ought not be. Probably the angels world. exist. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. <laughs> oh, the amount of times I should have been dead uh, is oh wow, it's a lot. Um, that could be though, you know, re- uh, researching in abandoned buildings, etc., and so on. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, you know, being out. Uh, but that's there was always a stash of the nudie bags out in the woods, um, and and there was there was that older kid that knew where the stash yeah. was. Yeah. And somebody yeah. would cut you in on the you in on it and, and it was you know that was again the grapevine you know you had no other way um it, it was an older kid that yeah <laughs> t- told me about uh well you kept i kept hearing this expression and he would use it too about um black guys a jack off or you know they're just standing <laughs> over there jacking off and i asked him how crick and i said what's jacking off and he very bluntly very plainly straightforward and probably seven or six words or less told me what it was and boom there it is easy peasy (laughs) yep Um, oh okay that's what it is okay similar experience similar experience it's weird it's weird how i mean and and that is uh i don't know and i think i'm okay i don't think i was traumatized i mean i have i have all kinds of trauma but i'm working through that it's okay (laughs) i'm not letting it change uh, the person well that's another thing about our our generation dan is you know the the trauma that we that you experienced if you experience uh trauma or something back in the 80s they they didn't have such a focused uh i want to say microscope or magnifying glass or it just i mean i grew up you 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 get hurt you rub some dirt on it Mm -hmm. and rub it move on you know, there's no, uh, never heard the expression PTSD or, yeah. you know, as there's nowadays there's you hear self-care and people take mental health seriously and, um, with, and respectfully, and there's, a a polite courteousness to people that, um, who back in, back in our day would maybe be you know made fun of or mm-hmm. you know thought weak and it, it's hard because well i was diagnosed with ptsd and it, it made me feel like i'm a like i'm weak right I, a weak person you know i just i can hear my dad whenever i get hurt just rub some dirt on it and right move on you yeah. can't rub dirt on your brain. I mean, oh well, yeah, you can with some dirty magazines, I suppose. <laughs> but yeah, and it's 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 a little. I'm a little taken aback by 
all this attention. I'll be honest with you, it's all over Twitter. I, I, I'll just speak bluntly. I, I think everybody that almost, not everybody, a lot of people I've run across seem damaged in some fashion. Yeah. Um, and it seemed like um, Star Trek has been a, a therapy, a, a balm, uh, you know, for, for people. Um, I mean, I, I personally, I mean, Star Trek, I mean, if I ever want to feel better, if I just want to feel good again, I'll watch an episode of Star Trek. It's just, it's got this calming effect. Yep. It's like, it's like, it's like going home yep. and Absolutely. spending some time in your, in your childhood home for a little while. You just, you just feel better. Like you said, it's but, a balm. Yeah, it is. And um, so I, I guess you mentioned that, that you've have some um, traumas. Yeah. In your life. And have you, if I may ask, and if I'm stepping out of line, of course you tell me, uh, have you been diagnosed with anything related to that? Oh, as far as mental, not yet. Emotional. Um, No, it's not like PTSD or. Right. Well, if you, you know, we talked to, if I talked to my therapist about it and we walked it out, yeah, it would be, uh, I would think it would be classified as complex PTSD. Um, which is, you know, uh, PTSD that is built over a long period of time, not from one singular or repeated event, but different events over a long period of time. For me, it would be, um, you know, uh, four, I think it was four or five surgeries between the time I was two months old and nine years old, uh, for, you know, for my eye. And so, mm. you know, that and then, um, you know, unrecognized ADHD, maybe, maybe autistic, um, a lot of those things, you know, have gotten me to where I am now. Uh, and sorting it out as an adult is, has been quite the, quite the adventure. Um, but yeah, you know, it, going back and looking at it is one thing and realizing that it has had an impact on me, who I am and how I've gotten to where I'm at. But I don't feel like, um, you know, it's taken that much away from me because I've got quite, you know, quite a lot of, of wonderful things, you know, uh, and I, I keep that front of mind more than anything. Yeah. I, I just, I was curious being, uh, also being part of the, the X generation, mm-hmm. you know, if how you felt about it, as you said, uh, dealing with it as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because, you know, like you said, um, it, it, and what I got to say, you know, props to millennials and, and Gen Z for being, uh, and connected and open and, um, you know, there, they set the example that it was okay for us older folks to, kind of start to unpack those things and recognize it in ourselves and be okay with talking about it. Um, because, you know, uh, I don't want my kids to have to wait until they're an adult to understand what, what it is, how their brain works. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and their home life has been much more stable than mine was as a child. So, you know, already we're, we're well ahead of the game, but 
you know, that compounded with a lot of other things, yeah, it leads to some, some work to be done <laughs> on the back <laughs> half, you know? Um, and, and, and because, you know, we have to, um, one, you and I, uh, we, we have to overcome the, the male, uh, uh, the stigma of men being weak uh, and, and having feelings in the first place. Um, and then overcoming the, uh, you know, the upbringing of, you know, you, you just, you just get over it, you know? Um, and well, that's... Dan, men are from Vulcan. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we can't no. have emotion. <laughs> no, there, it's there. It's yeah. just buried and yeah. Yeah. We're not, we can only pawn far every seven years, you know? <laughs> I, I think that's, what's attractive about, um, Vulcans, um, is they control their emotions, they control right. their pain, and right. I think that's a very attractive character. Well, because you know, being honest, in order to do that, you have to be well connected to your emotions. Mm-hmm. You know? um, to to rule your emotions, you have to understand them, and that means you've gone on quite the journey to get there. I think, you know. So, well, Jim, it's been a really good conversation, man. I hope. Uh, uh, is there is there anything else you want to touch on before before we wrap things up? Well, you mentioned um, the the millennials and the younger generation, and I yeah. and I just really I'll try and make this quick. I've been pretty much alone with Star Trek for more than twenty years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I as far as sharing sharing the the fandom, um, I discovered. Trek Twitter in 2019, mm-hmm. and I was amazed. I, I the first person I think I ran across was, uh, and at the time she would have been the 23 year old Trekkie. Yeah, yeah. You know who Allie. I'm talking uh, about? Oh, Allie, like, yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. There's someone in their 20s that's a Star Trek fan mm-hmm. that's into it, and she's cosplaying TOS costumes mm-hmm. like oh i i was i was floored i was like oh my gosh it continues it um does. It does. I, my only exposure to other fans was i happened to have one of my best friends in high school just happened to also like star trek yeah. and his older brother so i had that yeah. growing up and i had that in the 80s so i did have a friend uh we eventually part ways and it was such a rarity. I remember in grade school, I think I kind of found, it was like an underground thing. I think I kind of found someone that, it see, I think they like Star Trek. Because I had brought a, I made a communicator out of Lego and brought it to school. You're not supposed <laughs> to bring toys to school. Right, though. Now, now you can bring phones, but you couldn't bring any type of toys in school. So, and it was, and then there was another, there's a kid in my neighborhood, but he lived on the other side of the block. Which, which would be like being over in Canada. Right. It, was, it was the other side of the other. It was a block over. Yeah. So you don't rarely go over there. So I didn't see him too much. And so, and that's all I had. So, um, and then all of a sudden, uh, I'm seeing all these people, all these fans, and it for good or for worse. Um, and I, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I think there was, um, oh, I can't remember. I think I, I want to say there's commander in her. You, you did a commander a Kelly. Podcast with, 
Yes. Yeah, yes. she's fantastic. She's so funny. Oh, she is. And I had such a blast because she was watching and tweeting out Star Trek, the original series, the first time she's ever seen it. Oh, yeah. So I, yeah. Got, I got to watch her see this for the very first time in her adult life. And it was a blast. It was a blast. Oh, and I've, I've witnessed that with so many folks. Um, who are going on part a part of the Trek journey for the first time. They, they may have come into the fandom on a particular show or the 2009 reboot movies, which I've met so many people now who that is their first Trek. So haters. Can oh, really? It. Yeah. You know, and, I've heard, and, and I've heard of a couple. What, and it's what a lovely experience, right? You mm -hmm. know? Um, and that's why, you know, you, me personally, I, I won't really discount any track because it could be somebody's first love. Um, yep. and there's, to me, there's value in all of it because even the, uh, you know, even the animated series, uh, is some of the, the most Trek <laughs> there is because there were no limits to what they could do effects wise. Yep. Um, and that is, that is, you know, touching back to the motion picture, that story is some of the most Star Trek there ever has been, right? Um, yes. It's this. It's that. It, it's what Roddenberry. You know, it's why the cage wasn't the pilot; it was too cerebral. Um, but you know, we got we got that wonderful uh, that wonderful story and 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 that beautiful picture uh, for it. And yeah, it's um, a it's a it, yeah. A show could be one person's. It's their link in the chain. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, we've got folks who may be coming into the fandom now through Lower Decks or Prodigy as it approaches, mm -hmm. or maybe even Strange New Worlds, which what a fantastic ride that would be to be that, mm -hmm. you know, to have that be your early trek. And, and even Discovery. I know there are folks whose first trek is Discovery and, and it's just all valid and it's all trek. Um, and, and the inconsistencies with you know anachronisms or uh design aesthetics that's up to my imagination to bridge those gaps you know uh just because exactly. discovery doesn't look like the original series doesn't mean I, it, it can't work head cannon yeah head you know, cannon you're just, absolutely right you know I, the story's I there had, to fill the gaps that's right i mean the 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 new klingon yeah the new klingon aesthetic in discovery yeah. Why they were all bald? I mean, I was I was coming up with all reasons why they're bald. I was coming up with all sorts of reasons why they looked a little di they looked different. Yeah, and um, uh, you know, we 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 were all okay for twenty some odd years not knowing why smooth head Klingons and yeah. rich head Klingons <laughs> came along, and you know, even the earlier. Um, you know, the first uh, ridged Klingons we see in the motion picture had Picard style bald or heads, you know, they didn't have yeah. top hair. They had, uh, you know, like wake line hair. Uh, and so, they had the same then, ridge pattern. Yeah. And I and believe I believe bald, you know. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I like all the Klingons. I do. I do like all the And Klingons. Star Trek did not owe us an explanation for the smooth head Klingons, but they gave it to us in Enterprise. And that they was, did. And that they was did. fun. It was fun. It was fun. And yeah. It was, very, it was a very Trek reason, you know. Or, well, actually, uh, and they gave it to us before that with uh, Worf and that we don't, we don't talk about uh, Trials and Tribulations. <laughs> this is, we don't talk about it. We don't talk, we don't talk about it. <laughs> Such a, and that that what uh, so you can you can remember then um, that that was part of the 30th anniversary celebration of Star Trek was mm -hmm. um, that uh, you know the throwback to DS9 and then um, 
Voyagers was the where we get to see Sulu uh, and mm-hmm. Tuvok was on the and Tuvok was on yeah B or Enterprise I'm sorry Excelsior Excelsior yeah Excelsior yeah <laughs> um, talk about a butte man that's a good that's yeah. a good looking ship uh, I do like the Excelsior. Um, and then the fake out that that was going to be the replacement enterprise, but then it was yeah, the yeah, instead, the Nico, you know? yeah, which which today <laughs> which today we probably would have caught a spoiler or, or it would have been in the the, uh, the trailer. Of course, right. Of course, I wouldn't be surprised. So that well, was a that's talking about surprises back when back in the day watching well, a movie and, and uh, can actually be surprised. You know that 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 does two things. The Enterprise A does two things. Um, it establishes that in universe, which we never actually saw others, but it establishes that there were other refit Connie's either yeah. newly built or, or freshly refit. Um, yeah. beta canon is that the enterprise was the only one that was refit. The others were built new because it was easier to do. Um, but the, the, the backstory is the behind the scenes story is that the, a, uh, was re you know rechristened uh, from the Yorktown, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then you throw all the way back to the beginning in '64. The first pitch was the USS Yorktown, which became yeah, the yeah, well, yeah. So yeah. Um, and was... then of course we get Yorktown base in uh, Star Trek Beyond. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, in case you didn't know, now you know. <laughs> uh, that's that's what being real old will get you folks as you remember all of that little stuff from way back when right um but yeah uh it, it's been it's been a great um a joy of mine and i came into uh trek uh twitter about the same time you know late 2019 mid 2019 as I, I took a tonal shift um i'd come back to twitter to be angry about politics uh, mm, and, yeah. and that just made yeah. me angry all the time. And, and yeah. I woke up one day and I was like, you know, why am I feeding the monster? What makes me happy? And I was like, why haven't I sought out Trek family on this platform until right now? Yeah. And then I started looking and one of the first two people I found was bat with babe, Heather, uh, and, yeah. and Johnny, you know, sorcerer, Johnny. Uh, yeah. and, uh, they just, you know, they made it easy to find other people. They made it mm-hmm. easy to, to have other people find us. Um, and then from there, you know, all of a sudden I'm a character on Twitter called the Commodore and people listen to what <laughs> I say. And it's weird, uh, because I never intended to be a voice or a platform, but you, you take, take the ride you're given, I guess, you know? Yeah. Not that I'm not that I've ever said anything important or groundbreaking, but you know, <laughs> thirty seven hundred people seem to think it's okay. <laughs> well, I think between politics and oh, very emotional time. I, I, I unfollowed a few people when I found out they were uh, Trump supporters. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just, I mean, it was pretty much their, their, their their tweets and the tweets, their tweets that would show up on my timeline were pretty much Star Trek. But, uh, that one time that they, uh, tweeted something that was a lie mm. and giving it air. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I just, I just couldn't cause, uh, it's hard. And, and it's hard it to is. understand you know, how you can eat it and Trump at the same time. I don't think you can. Yeah, it is. 
but it happens because mm -hmm. I have family, I have people that I love. And I gotta tell you, I, I, I'm so surprised at, at how many people that are very smart, very smart together people that are part of the cult, the Trump cult. It's, yep. it's true. It's, uh, it's hard to get, hard to get your head around, you know? Yes. Um, as a reasonable thinking person, it's really hard to understand where someone could come from that angle and, uh, being as diplomatic as possible. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and the same with the current state, you know, here I am in Arkansas and the kids are going back to school and it was up until like late Saturday evening before the principal decided that there was going to be a mask mandate for everyone. Um, you know, and I was just like, why is this even something we're talking about, let alone something we're giving, like you said, air to, um, when the science is, is indisputable, uh, the benefits are irrefutable. Um, I really enjoyed not having bronchitis or a head cold or sinus infection or any of that stuff that I suffered previous seasons because all I did last year was stay home and wear a mask. Um, you know, and all you need to do is look at the fact that the flu was almost non-existent last fall yeah, because yeah. everybody was wearing people, masks, yeah. you know, um, not a lot of people got the flu vaccine, uh, but not a lot of people got the flu either. Um, and yeah. so, you know, and then <sighs> the people who don't want to be vaccinated, it is safe. It is effective. It is free. And there are people in the rest of the world who would take your place in line in a heartbeat. Um, yeah. As I've recently understood, I asked my son, my youngest, he's Benjamin, named for one Benjamin Cisco. He is 10, just turning 11 tomorrow. And so he's not eligible for the vaccine until he's 12, or hopefully they mm -hmm. improve it sooner. But I asked him once, I said, you know, and he's, he started fifth grade today. And so I asked him a couple of weeks ago, I said, you know, if they said tomorrow that you could get it, would you go get it in line? He said, yes. And so we're literally playing, are you smarter than a fifth grader right now? You know, think about that. Um, my fifth year, my fifth grader, my 11 year old son understands vaccine science well enough to know that he should be vaccinated and that it's safe. Um, so, you know, I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but it's like those yeah, things, you know, those, the thing, this, these weren't questions when we were kids, Jim. No, no, you no. Know? We were just worried about nuclear war. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, we were just going to die in a fiery oh, ball of death. Of that, it's no big deal. <laughs> speaking of that, how we could be in our generation, how some things that we enjoyed a little bit differently or a little bit more back in back in the '80s was like uh, Star Trek: The Voyage Home, mm -hmm. when Chekhov was looking for the nuclear vessels. Yes, the nuclear vessels. That's right. Yeah, a Russian. <laughs> yeah. During the Cold War, I can remember we yeah, had exactly. I mean, he, People don't realize back then Russia they they were our enemies. You yep. know, you have a Russian asking a cop, "Where are the nuclear vessels?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that um, and that's that is why that was funny then. It's it's yeah. funny now yeah. because everyone knows that Chekhov is is funny, but then it yeah. was funnier. Uh, also, yep. saving the whales was a big thing. That was a yep. big thing at back the time. then. Yep. Um, we were yep. all going to. Uh, but, you know, you remember we stopped acid rain and closed the hole in the ozone layer, and then all of a sudden climate science was bullshit. I don't know how that yeah. happened. Uh, yeah. But, you know, here we are. <laughs> uh, I still try to do my part by, you know, cutting consumption and recycling as I can. But, you know, uh, without everybody all in, uh, like vaccination, it doesn't work. 
Yeah, and like the the one of the laws of thermodynamics, or you mentioned entropy, and everything goes from order to chaos. You know, mm-hmm. which means eventually we will have to go out there. We will have to leave. Yep. As yep. a species. Yeah, we have to get off this rock. Yep. Uh, this we we uh, uh, I say it often. We're the only. Uh, species on this planet that we know of at least that's that's become intelligent enough to extinct themselves yeah Uh, yeah we gotta leave we gotta find a way to leave unless we we ended ourselves yeah yeah prematurely or or, you know use the science that we understand and know to clean up the mess that we made i mean we may be past a point of no return but we can and we maybe we can stem some tide uh, but you know, like I said, it's got to be everybody's got to be interested in winning, or or we're not going to get anywhere. So, well. but that the the politics at the time and the the uh, pandemic, I think, has just really frayed everybody on some level. I I think I I, I started to every time I thought about leaving Twitter, I just thought you know I think just everyone's just a little bit. A little more on edge, more willing to uh, pop a socket or, yeah, you know, yeah. go off maybe a little bit more unhinged than maybe they normally would. Or uh, I, I just think a lot of us are afraid. Oh, no and doubt. Here, no doubt. So I stick with Twitter still. It's really the only platform I'm on. I, I do TikTok from time to time. Uh, and uh, have gathered a small following over there. But uh, my main platform of choice is Twitter um, for a lot of reasons. You know, I've got so many wonderful people that I've met there, uh, yourself included. And then the fact that, you know, you can control how the conversation goes. You can limit who can be a part of your, you know, you can cut toxicity as needed. And, and I say that as... You know, someone who has been cut as a toxic person in other people's feeds, and I know that, and I apologize for being that person, but like you're saying, um, you get better and do better and know better and, and try to make better, right? Um, yeah. You know? Uh, uh, yeah. I think... Everybody needs to quit taking themselves so seriously yeah yeah if there's anything i've learned at my age is don't take yourself so seriously everybody everybody uh has a measure of ignorance Mm -hmm. everybody has a measure of faults yeah um i got caught in a little bit of ignorance and my god the pile on yeah yeah was worse than the infraction yeah Yeah. and my infraction was i went to defend someone that had somebody somebody noticed they had the uh the it was the black and white american flag with the blue stripe right which i recognize it as that was a police officer support symbol Mm -hmm. it was Mm -hmm. in support of uh, police officers fallen police officers and but it's actually looked upon differently in like the, uh, in the black community. Right. And like I said, I went to defend, I mean, they, they were, and this, this, this 
these were not black people that were raising cane about this. Right. Um, they, these were um, a couple people on Twitter that were just really uh, raking this guy over the coals because he had a uh, computer with that sticker on it. And I'm like, hey, this is this is this is a support thing for the police. Well, I got an earful, and uh, and actually, it was um, uh, a couple of uh, oh, Twitter mutuals. One was a Twitter mutual that was black, and one was just involved in the conversation who was black. They both explained things to me. Mm-hmm. They didn't talk down to me. They weren't, they didn't speak. Uh, they were, they were like genuinely saying the gen, they, they turn the perspective. They kind of explain things to me and it's like, okay, I get it. I get that. Yeah. Um, but my gosh, the pile on, I think there just needs to be a little bit more patience with people. You know, pe- people, like I said, everyone has a measure of ignorance. Everyone has a measure of faults. I have said stupid um, things. You know? Yes, I have, yeah. and everybody has, and but it's just it, it. But then there's a pile on, and I just want to talk about Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter's supposed to be my escape, you know? right? The real world is still out there. We don't have to. Yeah. we don't have to constantly remind ourselves. Um, and like you said, there's a there's there's some measure of um, you know take a step back and and take yourself. And the situation, um, you know, don't dis don't disrespect it, but take it a little less seriously. Um, and, yeah. and like you said, understand that uh, not everyone not everyone is here with malice. Some of us are here with positive intent, but like you said, a measure of ignorance. Um, and uh, you know, I've I've learned those lessons in a hard way that you know just because. Uh, I disagree with someone, uh, and I or I disagree with their approach. It's not for me to invalidate their approach. Um, that it just you know, if I attempt to invalidate their approach to the situation, that just shows that I'm failing at listening to the actual grievance, you know. And and sometimes if you take that step and that patience, you can hear what's actually being said rather mm-hmm. than the noise that's around it. Um, but that's hard to do, you know, but that's where the challenge yeah. lies. And there's, there are some people that have I, a war, a warrior personality mm-hmm. and yeah. Should you call out hate? Yes. But should you always do it with a sword? No. I mean, sometimes you have to, it's diplomacy first. Right. Right. My opinion. And, and the folks who, the folks who have an interest in taking the time to educate those of us who make mistakes, I really appreciate that because, um, it's not their job to educate us. It is much Mm -hmm. appreciated when they do, because I feel like that gives us an opportunity to be included in further, in, in future conversations in a meaningful way. Um, but also, if it's not your lived experience, it, it might not be your place to speak to it. You know, exactly. Like you there are folks who the folks who were piling onto you um, didn't have the lived experience to give you the perspective that you needed to understand. Um, and I think that's I think that's the most important part of it. You know, um, yeah. and that's you know, and that goes with everything. It's it's um, 
it's on myself to understand my mental health. It's on me to understand how that impacts the way I interact with other people and how I behave um, and find the tools that I use to make the changes that I need to make to, to fit into a world that isn't made for me. Um, you know, and that's a lot of work, and, but it's also not everyone else's job who, who tend to be, you know, what we call neurotypical um, and the world works for them. Um, it's not for them to educate themselves, you know, um, uh, as to how my brain specifically works mm-hmm. because we're, you know, in the neurodivergent and, and everyone's brain works a little bit differently, but especially for us, it's like squirrel brain. It's just, it, it, it works for you. It works for me, but they'll never be two the same. Um, and, and so, you know, we have a little bit of work to do in that regard, but when we take the time to tell you, as as a mental uh you know someone with mental disorders or these these social disorders um to tell you what our lived experience is you know just the same we all we need to be is seen and heard um and and uh because it's those experiences that connect us and it's those experiences that allow us to empathize i think with you know someone other than yourself so it can be- and like you said, I, I think that's a uh, important point. Was you know uh, they don't have to take the time and explain it to us, yep. but we sure appreciate when they do. Yep, yep, absolutely. Well, I think that is a good place to draw things down uh, to a close, uh, Jim. As I mentioned to you uh, before, we roll tape. Um, uh, the nature of the show is going to be changing. We'll let the listeners in on on behind the scenes. Uh, as you can tell through through this uh, episode, um, digression is the name of the game in this show. And so nothing for you listeners and subscribers and folks who follow the podcast uh, uh, will change. Um, the show will still show up in the feed as you are subscribed to it. Just look forward to a name change to Shall We Digress? So that'll be coming shortly as soon as the art and the tonal shift and everything for that is ready to go. Um, but look forward to that, uh, for yourself, Jim, is there anything you want to shout out to before uh, we close up? Well, I just hope I didn't try to sound smart because whenever <laughs> I try to sound smart, it don't come out that way. Oh, I tell you. Hey, uh, and I tell you what, Dan, I enjoyed talking with you. And I got to tell you, we, we ought to do this sometime when we're not talking about me. I know, uh, part of your show was to kind of get to know me and but uh i'd love to talk to you sometime and we can just talk about the excelsior oh yeah absolutely and star trek and absolutely less about me oh fantastic well that's 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 actually um you know uh picking up on the 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 tone there that's that's more the point of, of the the way the show is shifting is that you know instead of just the guest the guest can pick a topic and we'll go ham on it <laughs> you know, uh, and uh, and it doesn't have to be just about getting to know the person, although that is always on the table. Um, but uh, yeah, y'all go check out thelcars.com uh, if you have any interest in fancy web design, um, or if you need um, you know if you need a template, hit Jim up uh, and uh, maybe he can work something out with you because um, he sure did me up right, and uh, I hope to someday debut that by 2029. Uh, <laughs> oh, and it's free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's free. The L cars, the L cars, uh, it's a free, free website template. 
Yeah, and it looks absolutely amazing. And there are several different Thank color you. schemes now, right? Um, there, yeah, different, different themes. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and we just added a uh, red alert one. Wonderful, wonderful. Which uh, is much easier to switch to than I hear it was on the sets, actually. They had to go in and literally change all the lights to red from white to to do the red alert scenes which just i can't imagine how awful that was um but uh yeah so for you listeners not a lot's going to change just keep your eye out for uh updated uh cover art and um and uh, intro coming soon uh but otherwise i want to say thank you all for listening uh hoping to earn your ears again for next week's show um, and, uh, if you want to support the show, the easiest and best way you can do that is to share it with your friends, either through Twitter or text messaging or smoke signal, however you want to get the word out. Um, if it's not this show, check out the catalog and share a different show. Uh, there are a lot of folks on there worth getting to know, and maybe you'll find a favorite that's worth, uh, spreading the word about. But if you have actual real material support and you want to give some to me, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash D-A-N-D-E-C-K-R for as little as $3 a month. You can gain early access to every episode of the show, uh, even when it changes names. But even a uh, dollar a month helps and uh, is just appreciated so much. Um, but otherwise, I'd just like to say again, thank you. And we'll close things down from the Totesuck Studio here by saying goodnight. Oh, yeah.